0: So stop being so hard on yourself. Tune in right here weekly for new motivational episodes with special guests to inspire you to change your life for the long run. Thank you once again for joining us on Run With Ally Live. Please don't forget to support the show and our special show guests by clicking on the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you choose to listen to the show on. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Run With Alley live podcast. It is January 24th, and it is 2023. And I am so excited to have the special guest that we have on the podcast today. I just want to call him the rambling runner because that's what he's very well known as to everyone. Matt, welcome to the show today.
1: I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Allie. It was great to have you on the show. The episode you did on my podcast, not that long ago, it was like two weeks ago now, um, is doing seemingly well. So people really like that episode for sure. Hopefully I can bring the same sort of good content and value to yours.
0: Yes, yes, thank you. That was such a good conversation. And you know, for the listeners on here, I was on the Rambling Runner a couple of weeks ago, as Matt said, I will be sharing a link to that podcast in the show notes. So you guys could check out that episode and check out, The other great listeners on the show but today the spotlight is on matt and this is the podcast for the everyday runner just for the voices to be heard that aren't really heard in the pro running world and just anywhere else so i'm glad you're here for a great conversation today and to hear more about matt his podcast his coaching but more so his own running so matt welcome again um you know i would love for you to take a moment to introduce yourself and what you're currently training for
1: yeah absolutely so um i have been a lifelong runner and kind of in fits and starts so I kind of got started in running just as as a youngster when my dad gave up cigarettes and kind of picked up running is kind of like trading one addiction for another, uh, so to speak, when I was around fifth or sixth grade. And uh, I was always an active kid, played all the sports, and then I would kind of join him uh, on some of his 5Ks first, like in the fun run and the kids run, and then ultimately like running the 5Ks with him, which was a lot of fun. And then in high school, I played basketball and a bunch of other sports and ended up playing college basketball as well. But you know, I did track for a couple of years, did cross country, and then just as part of being a college athlete and just an athlete in general, I was always kind of running to stay in shape. So uh, even in college, we'd always have like different like timed tests. It was always my four years of college, it was like got progressively less in, in terms, less involved. So the first year was like a three mile test, and then like the last year, was like a mile test. Um. But so I kept doing that. And then after college, uh, and it was a way to kind of stay involved with, with sporting and, you know, sports and, and the sporting community and stuff like that. I, um, Picked up running as part of the Ronald McDonald House Running Club here in Rhode Island, which is exceedingly popular, um, and that was a lot of fun, and um, that was kind of my entree into kind of a more consistent, you know, running-focused pursuit as opposed to just running, supplementing um, other pursuits. So that's kind of how I got into it. That was kind of in my mid-20s or so, and then uh, in my 30s, it was something that I kind of progressively got more into, uh, and... I say late twenties, I should say. Then my thirties, it like you know came and went with 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 having kids and all of that. And I really didn't start becoming really consistent again. So my, my mid to late twenties, I was, and then I took a step back. And then uh, about five years ago, kind of coinciding with the start of the Rambling Runner podcast, I really started um, being more consistent again. So, uh, and hopefully I'll be more consistent, even more so as a Masters runner. So actually today is my birthday. So I am recording this on my my 42nd birthday. And I'm hoping that this, you know, this decade will be my best one as a runner.
0: Absolutely. Wow. That, I feel extra special that you're on my podcast on your 42nd birthday. Wow happy birthday, Matt. That's amazing. And, you know, it sounds like the best is yet to come for you from just you explaining your background. You know, I never really knew that you were involved so much in track and field to that extent and ran ran with your father, which is, that's just running probably, you know, has a close place in your heart because of that. And, you know, out of everything you just said, I have to ask, because you asked me this on your podcast, how do you feel about the 5k? (laughs)
1: I I always loved the 5Ks. I mean, for me, it kind of dovetailed nicely with the running I was doing in the other sports I was up to, right? So I, I always really liked it. In fact, when I first got into running uh, in my 20s as kind of in part of the Ronald McDonald House group, it was always pretty funny because like I would do my track workouts, which I kind of equate to like 5K intensity um, with people who I could never in a million years do long runs with, right? So we would be like doing like, kind of st- say a standard track workout. So six or eight by 800 meters, right? With kind of like a 200 meter jog, And like with those folks, I was, I was like kicking butt. Like I, I think so fondly back in those moments now, like when I do some of these workouts, I'm like, oh my God, I'm nowhere near what I used to be. So like back then it was like, if I didn't break three minutes in an in a 800 meter rep, I was like kicking myself. Now it's like I'm going nowhere close to those times. But so that was always really fun and exciting, and I kind of enjoyed that aspect of it for the same reason I enjoyed the 5K. And even though my um, my training has changed significantly, and some of my interests have changed, I still really enjoy it. I, I like pushing myself really hard. I like racing people, and I get really competitive with it sometimes to my detriment. But I like. I like having 800 meters to go and there's a whole gang of people around me or in front of me and I'm trying to chase people down. Whereas, you know, in the marathon and distances that are longer than that, oftentimes, you know, just with how those races are run, you're going to be more spread out than you are um, in uh, some of the shorter, more condensed races. And, Shoot, kind of to that end. I mean, my next race, and this is what you asked before, and I, and I forgot to answer, was um, you know, my next race on the calendar is actually my first ultramarathon. So I'm running the Squatch Apple 50k or 33 miler, I should say. Um, down actually in your neck of the woods. So in um, not not too far from where you are in um, so what is West Orange, New Jersey, in the South Mountain oh, yeah. Reservation?
0: Oh yeah, that is awesome. And when is
1: that? So that's March 11th. So if anyone wants to join me, please come on. So it's going to be it's, there's like a, like a lot of these races, they have like multiple distances. So it's, um, it's a fifty mile race and then there's the 33, which I'm doing. There's, there's a 20 and then there's another one, uh, a little bit shorter than that. So, I'm um, right now I'm in like, a, I'm in the midst of that, man. I got like, I don't know, six or seven weeks until, until race day.
0: That's so exciting though. Wow. I mean, going from the track to, you know, talking about eight hundreds here to, a thirty-three miler. I mean, wow! Just talk about you know being a lifelong runner and really touching on all distances. Just like you know, you you mentioned highlighted. I did hard is hard for everyone, um, and I love that you talked about you know like loving that kind of competitive aspect of doing hundreds on the track and not being able to c- compete or keep up with certain people in the longer distances. Matt, you never know. I mean, this is your first thirty-three miler.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. So I'm I'm really excited about it. It's um, it's something that it was um. I've only done one. I think it's only done one trail race in particular. Right. I just turned on my. I thought I had the video on the whole time. I like didn't all have in. my video on. I, <laughs> so so I have, I'm a little behind the scenes. So I'm kind of interspersing this into the podcast. But I yeah. I ran my first trail race a couple months ago. Actually, I thought it was my first trail race. It was actually an ultra sign up uh just last night in fact uh, just making sure that i'm signed up for this race i keep telling everybody that i'm doing um i had one of those like paranoid moments of like wait did i actually press you know the, the final purchase button on that on that website um uh which i don't actually i, I made that mistake plenty of times before but i went back and ultra sign up i actually ran a trail race that i had completely forgotten about back in 2011 it was like a one-hour, like how many loops can you do trail race? But anyway, I'm really, wow. really excited about it. And the thing I'm kind of excited about is that this is playing to all of my weaknesses as a runner, right? So I'm not great at these longer distances, and I am not a good trail runner. And like, I'm just going to combine these two and see what happens. But uh, I think on on some level, it is kind of exciting to go after, you know, this kind of thing that you know I've always revered from afar. And as I've stepped into this world, I have not. I haven't been great at it, but I'm not, you know, letting that kind of slow me down. I'm trying to like, you know, embrace this experience uh, for all that I can and and hopefully positive things will come from it. And I, I'm i surrounded by people who who are really good at this sort of thing. And whether it's my coach, David Roche, or I just started a monthly show over on Relay with Zoe Rome, who's the editor-in-chief of True Runner Magazine, where every month she basically answers a litany of questions from me about like, how do I get better at trail running? So um, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun, but hopefully- Hopefully, Marshall 11th goes well. Oh, really, yeah. yeah I, I, I'm crossing my fingers on that one.
0: Yeah, and you know, to the listeners on here, I mean, Matt is a runner. He's a coach. This just shows you that you know you're you're being pretty vulnerable and you're p- being pretty humble about you not really knowing much about trail running and long, being good at long distances. But you're you're a pretty seasoned runner in my eyes and in anyone else's eyes. Just you know, thinking of Stepping out of your comfort zone and trying something uncomfortable, that's what breeds growth. And so, Matt, I really admire that you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone here a lot. Um, Is there something that kind of just was a spark in you that, you know, kind of like made you be like, hey, I want to do a 33-mile trail race, not even road race, trail race?
1: Yeah, I mean – I think that it's all the same like introductory things that so many people have consumed over time. And just for me, I've just kind of stuck stuck with me. So it's like reading Born to Run as like it's such a cool adventure, right? It's like reading going way back in the day, like reading the Anton Kropitchka blog, right? Seeing him and Jeff Rose go at it. We're talking like 20 years ago. Um, you know, seeing like Dylan Bowman come up in trail running. Like I've I've never been even though it's not something that i've like actively talked about on my podcast for very long i'm certainly doing more of it over the last three to four months um but i've always assumed it. i mean i remember 12 years ago i was, like i was subscribed i subscribed to like you know ultra runner magazine like i just like i would have it come to my house i wasn't running trails nor was i running ultras and i at that time i hadn't even run a marathon but like i have doing that. i remember being at a man now, I work for myself now, so I don't do this anymore. Lord knows. but, um, it was one of those like, you know, team building exercises, my first year working at Brown University, and we're going around like, what you know, if you could do any like lifelong goal, what would you do? And like I was like, oh my God, how am I gonna answer this question? This is so hokey, you know, um, but like so I like when we came to my turn, I was like, I just said like the first thing that came to my mind, I was like, I want to run a hundred mile trail race. Like I, again, I, w- I had never run a marathon or run trails. So at that point, and it was like, it just has always been there. Uh, it's just kind of like been a thorn in my brain. And, you know, I don't know if I'll ever run a hundred mile trail race, but I'm not too worried about that either. I'm just excited to kind of, you know, start the beginning of this journey.
0: I'm excited for you. And I believe you will. I mean, just, just because, you know, that's, that's a really cool story. I. Could really, I've always had a passion for the distance over the speed. Believe it or not, Um, I just I love seeing how far you could go versus you know pushing the pace because like you know that's always going to be hard for all of us. But like thirty three miles, that's no joke. I mean, okay. So the reason why I discovered this and I knew that you were kind of getting into this realm is because you posted something recently on Instagram. It was about a ten mile run, and that was not really conventional for you to do in your training. And it was like, just like that. You just did it. Um, I'd love for you to talk about what your training looked like kind of before this. And, you know, like maybe a little more, you know, about how much volume you're doing in order to prepare for this and not get injured and enjoy
1: it. Yeah. I think, I think the one, the the post you're talking about was like, basically like that 10 miles is becoming like a typical easy run for me. Yes, And it was like, yeah, I mean that, that for me, that that's, It's pretty different. Yes, for sure. So like over the last, let me just, we'll just talk about like 2023 over the last three weeks. um, My mileage has been 55, 55 and 56 miles a week. And each one of those had a day off. So basically, you know, averaging exactly 10 miles per day. um, It has, that's been the average and the mean, I mean, average and the median, but at the same time, like I'll have a long run. I also have kind of like a bridge day. So like my setup is usually like an easy day a workout day and then an easy day and then i like to call it like a bridge day so it's kind of like almost a rest day so it's usually like four to six miles and then long run day and then and kind of a, a longer easy day is how it works out for me so you know how it's worked with my coach is that he does he prefers to do like a range on an easy day schedule so he'll say like bef- you know before it was like six to eight miles right or like this week i have a down week so it's like six to eight miles Whereas in the past it was like eight to 10 and I was always kind of congregating at like the lower end of the range, uh, for the most part. And now it's kind of like, all right, now I'm going to do the upper end of the range. And for me, like that's not nothing because when it comes to easy pace, I mean, I, you know, I, I stick to all the same rules that I, you know, propose as a, as a coach, you know, and I want to make sure that, excuse me, that I'm making, I'm going to make sure that I'm approaching this in a way that's sustainable so not gassing the easy days is is important but at the same time like running 10 miles at a legitimately and true easy pace for someone of my fitness level means you're out there for at least an hour and a half so it's uh it's it's a huge time commitment and it's you have to kind of like again you're not worried about the pace per se but it is a long time to be out on feet i know there's plenty of coaches who like have a hard cap like do not run more than an hour and a half in training on an easy day. And I'm going past that if I'm going and I'm going way past that I'm on the trails. Right. So like where I live, like I live in Rhode Island going on a trail run for me basically means like slowing down two to three and a half minutes per mile just because like the technicality and like, it's just never straight. I'm never just like running a straight line. I'm always taking these like quick turns. So, you know, if I'm running eight to 10 miles on trail. Like that's a two hour run. and yeah. End of story. So, uh, that has been a very, so that's been a a huge difference. So I mentioned before the total mileage week to week to week in terms of time, I'm averaging around nine hours and 10 minutes of training time again on six days schedule. So that's exactly an hour and a half per day on average. So that's, that's a considerable amount for me. Um, and I'm really excited by that. I'm I'm excited that I've gotten, gotten to that level of training at the same time, like, as considerable as that may be compared to what I've done in the past. Like I know I have to do more to get ready for some of the things that I want to do. So um, it's, it's exciting. And then also like, you know, you're also kind of like, you know, you zoom out, you kind of look up the mountain you're like, Oh my God, like I still have a long way to go. So it's a, it is different. And it's, it's for me has always kind of been a mental barrier in terms of like, I am like the classic, like we'll do as little as possible kind of person. So embracing this was something that I, um, you know, was kind of, again, stepping out of my, my norm in a sense. So, like, I was the kind of person, like, you know, going back to high school, like, if I got an A on the first test, I'm like, okay, well what what can I get away with to only get a B plus for the rest of the semester kind of thing. Right. So that was always like the, the calculus I was doing. So um, I kind of have done that with my running as well to a, to a degree or even sometimes to a, to a large degree. So hopefully I'm breaking that pattern as we speak.
0: Yeah. You know, that is actually not typical for distance runners or at least for, I feel like for many distance runners and you're probably like, yeah. And you know, I, I, you could, you probably have your own take on this, but, being a huge Jack Daniels fan and Phil Maftone fan, which I know they're completely different, but Jack Daniels, you have, you know, being getting like the least amount done and getting the most out of it, right? The highest return on your investment. And then you have Phil Maftone, who's all about, it's like completely different heart rate training. And it's more from like a health perspective and running slow to run fast. Now, most distance runners, I feel inclu- myself included, we want to do more, right? We want to just do more and more because that's going to make us better, right? Not really. And so I think that that kind of is not the worst thing in the world that you, you know, want to do the bare minimum to get the most out of it because it almost helps you progress properly.
1: To a degree, but I think I, I think I was always taking it too far. Like I I was focusing on the first half of that sentence, not the second half in terms of like, I was focusing on doing the least amount of possible without regard to like the actual, like getting the most out of anything. So It was, that was the problem is that I wasn't working to a level that would, um, facilitate the kind of competitiveness that I wanted to bring to running. Right. So like you, you can only be competitive to a degree like from a logical perspective that matches with your training, right? Like I can't expect certain results if I'm not putting in the work to get those results. Right. So that and that was oftentimes um where I would fall. And some of that was just me sometimes it was magical thinking or trying to be optimistic or just you know, just trying to be competitive, or you know, sometimes just self-flagellation for not being as fast as I used to be. But no matter the reason for it, ultimately there have been time and time again where I wasn't putting in the kind of consistent months and months mm-hmm. of work or years and years of work that um should be the foundation for any kind of serious expectation of, of high level improvement.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you feel though that you're basically the years of work that you've done, you know, in running have kind of compounded off of each other and helped you be where you are today, regardless of how consistent you've been?
1: No, because I haven't done it. That's the thing. I haven't done years and years of work. I have done, A year of work and then gotten hurt or done a year and a half of work and then took a step back. So I haven't I'm I'm well aware of the compounding effect of consistent work over a large amount of time. The problem is I haven't put myself in a position to reap the benefits of those rewards. That has always been and hopefully will stop being the problem. So that that's the issue for me is trying to trying to get to that point so as a runner i haven't i've improved in short bursts but if you look at like how good am i a runner now compared to when i was 35 or 27 like i am not better flat out i am a little bit better at going putting like in terms of weekly mileage that hasn't manifested in terms of um improvement on race day and the reason that is is because I haven't put in a solid like three years of consistent training, even if it hasn't been at my current level, even if it was just like high thirties, low forties in terms of um, weekly mileage, that would have been just fine. How I was approaching it was kind of like the the peaks and valleys approach. And ultimately, if you do it that way, and this is what I tell all my runners: like you're just not going to get to anywhere you want to be. You might end up being like you might still be able to fit into your jeans, or you might still have you know high quality blood work and things like that. But you're not going to reach some of your long term running goals because you just need to keep doing it over time. So that's why when someone takes a step back from coaching, and not even coaching, but just from consistent training, um, and oftentimes someone takes back takes a step back from being coached, that usually lend itself to also taking a step back from assistant training, that might be the right move for them. And I'm not going to tell anyone else how to live their life. But if their plan is, hey, I'm just going to take three or four months off, I'll come back to it and I'll be just fine. Like, yes, you will be just fine. That's exactly right. You will not be better. In fact, it will take you a long time to get back to where you were and then to then, you know, capitalize on top of that, especially when you're talking about something that maybe is less genetically affiliated with that person. Right. So like a good example of this is like, um, you know, I'm more of a fast switch athlete. So like if I'm running, so going back, like if I'm running like two hundreds, right. Like I might be able to take some time off and get back into it and quickly get back to that level. Or if I'm weightlifting, like I want to get back to like, you know, my, my one rep max on the bench, I might be able to get back to that fairly quickly. If I'm talking about like marathon pace or tempo effort, like it might be a very, very different thing. And that is the experience that I've lived. And hopefully people can learn from the mistakes that I've made because here I am. I've been running for a long time, but I haven't. I didn't close the loop and connect all of these these training periods to the point where, again, I'm not in like bad shape, but I haven't had the compounding effect from the training.
0: Wow. Okay. So you, you made so many good points there and I love that you're speaking from experience, but also you're practicing what you preach now. And it seems like the consistency approach is what you're taking now. And you're going to continue to do that for three plus years and be an awesome runner, which you already are. Um. Wow. Okay. In terms of consistency and people taking breaks from coaching, I could not agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more because Not just speaking as like a coach, but, you know, speaking as a runner, I have a coach as well. And I know that if I took breaks, I would have to start from square one, like coming back and, you know, yeah, fitting into your pants and fitting into all the cute clothes is really fun and all, but from a performance standpoint, it's not, that's not how things work. And since most of us aren't genetically gifted to the point of like being an Ilia Kipchoge, for example, right? Uh, We need to work at things a little differently and just train everything outside of the training a little smarter, like nutrition, recovery, and just all of it. And showing up for yourself every day, including rest days, right?
1: Yeah. And for me, like one of the big things, and everyone has a coach for different reasons, but the the main reason that, having a coach is important to me is just having the accountability piece, just knowing that someone's going to be looking at this as a natural born procrastinator. Like, is this, ne- it's just necessary for me. Cause if, if no one is noticing, then I will stop. It's just guaranteed. So like, again, I, 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 feel blessed to have worked with a bunch of coaches who know what they're doing who teach me all sorts of things. And I become a better coach because I work with them. But even if they didn't, even if they knew less than I did, I still would benefit from having a coach immensely just from the accountability perspective. So for me, having a coach is vital because of that reason.
0: Yeah. I love that. You know, and people, I, I don't have a coach for that reason. Cause I I'm good. Actually, that's the one thing I am good at, by the way, holding myself accountable. I am not good at, you know, I don't like, I, I, I like someone to see my blind spots and, you know, just understand where I could be lacking. Even if they are a runner, too, I actually like someone that runs. Um, but I just think it's so interesting, the different kinds of value that, you know, any runners or coach bring to the table. Um, everyone brings something valuable. And that's why I just love speaking to, you know, other runners working towards similar goals as myself and the athletes listening to this podcast, because, you know, running should always be fun and challenging. And the fact that you have a goal, which is to be a lifelong runner, amazing goal, but to crush this 33 mile trail race, to finish, right? You're not doing this for time. I am
1: certainly not doing it for time. I'm sitting here trying to figure out, I literally call one of uh, my, one of my um, listeners lives like right next to where this trail races. So she, I, I posted where it was. she goes, Oh, I live. That's like my backyard. So I'm going to hop on a call with her just so I can get a better sense of like, what do these trails actually look like? So I can have some sort of idea of a pacing perspective because I honestly have no idea. I've like scoured YouTube because there's so many ultra runners who like have these great videos of like their runs and their races, but like no one seems to have one for this, this course, unfortunately. So I'm like, I'm going in blind a little bit, but we'll see. It's, I guess it's 25% carriage roads and I 75% carriage roads 25% single track um the expression carriage roads I just get a kick out of it sounds like I'm going to like Bridgerton to do a trail <laughs> run but it's um so we'll see we'll see exactly what that means um but hopefully it's it's on the, a pretty runnable side but yeah it's about 30 depending on the Strava file you look at it's going to be about 37 to 4,000 on 3,700 to 4,000 feet of elevation gain for the 33 miles so It'll be, you know, 125 to 140 feet of elevation gain per mile, which is pretty good. And it's not, it's not rolling. It's more like big hill up, big hill down kind of feel to it. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. You're going to be amazing. How have you, have you incorporated that into your long runs and your training?
1: To like a point, I can't of, encapsulate yeah. the whole thing into my training because I can't find dirt roads that have that kind of elevation gain on them mm-hmm. so i can kind of like i can either do the dirt roads and make them as hilly as possible which would probably be more like 70 feet of elevation gain per mile so roughly almost half of what i would i prefer or i could do like almost mimic the course exactly on the roads near my house so it's kind of like all right which one's better so i've actually sent that exact question to my coach two days ago I'm like which ones would you prefer that i do because i have i have an 18 a 20 a 22 and an 18 uh long runs left so i was like all right for those four where, where should i do these um because i can't combine them and make it like the perfect replication perfect replica of the race course uh so it looks like i'll be doing more dirt road focus with a little bit less elevation gain so i might just be throwing more elevation gain on my other runs
0: yeah i mean that's whatever you could do right yeah i mean you don't live in new jersey so I
1: mean, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's hilly near me, but it's just yeah. not just, Rhode Island doesn't have a lot of dirt roads. <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not Colorado or, uh, or wherever. So I'm, I'm, I'm lacking in that regard. It's basically like seven. <laughs> so it's only a couple to choose from.
0: That's okay. Now that it is Brooklyn, but you know, now that it is Florida and I'm actually in Florida right now. So it's, you know, there's always the treadmill, but then again, you're missing like the dirt component, but I'm sure you're making it work. And it sounds like you're, you know, you're training smart.
1: I'd like to think so, but you know what? There's plenty of marathons. I thought I was going into as training smart too, and that I did not do great. And so I am, I I say this, this is where I'm at. Like with some of these distance events, like I've never had, so I've run a couple of marathons. I've never had a marathon where like, I was really able to complete the race the way that I hoped. And it wasn't because I went out too fast. It was because I just wasn't strong enough in the last 10 K to, to really make it, um, you know, so the last 10 K, you know, even somewhat resembled the first 10k in terms of pace and yeah so that that hasn't been great so i'm not gonna lie so you know hopefully that this endeavor will help me get to that point and hopefully i'll be able to to complete this but i've been like strava stalking everyone who's done this race before which i'm like excited about So like you know i'm going in there trying to find people's names that like are pretty unique so you can find them on strava because they don't have like you know the best search search function but i'm going in there like all right how do these people how do they like paced themselves and what was their like their training like going into the race and all of this stuff so um uh, shout out to whoever whoever robert lister is i have i have bookmarked your strava file It's like this is a great example he finished like top 10 and he ran like perfect splits it was like oh my god if i could do what this guy did this guy's amazing again i won't finish top 10 let me just put that out there right now but i guess like take what he did and transpose it onto my fitness and then execute it around r- roughly the same style
0: yeah, absolutely. Robert Lister, you know, we want to know, you know, I'd be curious to know what he did with his, in terms of like his consistency with his sleep routine, if he was sleeping more at night and his nutrition, not only like during the actual race around it, like how, right. you know what I mean? Has your nutrition and your recovery and your recovery in terms of like your sleep, have you been sleeping like a baby or have you just been, to you know, I know point. you're a dad, you're a family man. So
1: yeah. yeah. Um, I would say that my quality of sleep has been very good the duration hasn't really changed. Um, so I basically sleep six hours a night uh, is how it works. So uh, I'm working at night. So, you know, I I put the kids to bed like it's, you know, it's like the second half of the workday begins for me. Um, so that's usually how it works. Then I'm up around 530 or so um, in the morning. So it's not a lot, but I will say like during the day, I'm able to stay off my feet during the day, uh, which is nice. And nutrition wise, things have been going very well. So like I've been able to fuel my runs. I'm not like, I'm not dieting or anything like that. I'm feeling my runs appropriately. And, and I feel like, I feel really good about that doing do the protein shakes after the, after the run, which has been really helpful. Um, doing that consistently as well. And yeah, I, I, I'm excited. But like what this guy did was he, um he trained on the course. So you see like his, his, his runs prior to the race were all in the same area. So he was the kind of person who like, so he finished. It was interesting. So you look at, it's so funny how people pace themselves. It's like, You look at, like, how he could pace himself compared to the other people who finished around him. And it was wildly different. A lot of people, like, were two minutes per mile faster than him in the first 15 miles. Two minutes per mile faster in the first 15 miles. And, like, he beat them by, like, 15 minutes because of his, you know, uh, his, his ability to not have the complete tail off near the end of the race i was like oh my god this guy's obviously a legend but i'm like all right like what kind of fitness you have to be in to do what he did and i was looking at i think he ran again this is so random i'm sorry to bring this up but like he ran like it was like the utica half marathon Mm i'm upstate new york it might have been utica might have been buffalo i can't remember but it's like it's like the first eight miles are downhill and then it levels off i don't know if you know which race i'm talking about but it was a pretty Yeah. yeah and it was like he ran like on the, on the flat part, the last four miles, he ran, like, 720 pace. So, obviously, he's really in shape, very fit, but he's not, like, a world beater. It was, like, he just... It's a good, solid effort, for sure. Um, but, like, you'd run faster than that, for sure. Like, you, you'd, you'd smash it. you ran faster than that for a whole marathon. So, it was... Um, it, it, so, it was interesting to see how people approach these things, and I'm sure that a lot of that is born out of experience, so... You know, I'm not gonna hold myself to like too high of a standard for something I've never done before, but I am excited to see uh, see whatever learnings I can bring to it, hopefully I can can uh, execute them on that day,
0: yeah, you know it's interesting. I honestly, I truly believe that consistency and like of course I'm not you, but for me, if you want to go there, it's not about like what I was able to do pacing wise. Holding the pace was yes, that was key. But that took several years of building, several years of being consistent and getting an overall, more cumulative volume on my feet and being able to do my longer runs without like bonking. Of course they were really freaking hard. Like those 18, 20 milers, like they took the life out of me <laughs> sometimes, you know, especially the ones with goal marathon pace miles in them. Um, and I'm speaking about the road to anyone listening on trails. That would be a little different. I would love to do trail running. I think it's an amazing compliment to a marathon runners training, but in terms of also holding it for the last part of the race, Matt, I think a key for me was fueling, and I'm not Mm going to lie about that. Um, Yes, in addition to some strength training, but again, you know, just because when you are depleted of glycogen, you know this, it's you can't really run fast.
1: It's hard. The strength strength training part is the part that I've neglected in the past. No question about it. So, like my last marathon, fueling definitely was not the issue. I nailed the fueling was not it. It was more just like my legs were like, I give, man, I'm done. Thanks, 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 but no thanks. Around mile twenty-three.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope you're doing that now. Now, before, you know, I have two more questions for you. This is a really good conversation, but I want you to speak to the mental, um, aspect. You mentioned like looking up a mountain before and being feeling so far, I guess what motivates you to keep climbing and like, how have you built mentally like a strategy if you have one?
1: Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's been a consistent, motivation or inspiration i say it, it changes over time um and sometimes it circles back to the same reasons right there are there are certain points where it's like hey like i'm i work in running like i'm a running podcaster i'm a running coach like that is motivating there's no question about that right like i can't just be like i'm done with this sport right that's not gonna happen right so there are moments like that there are moments where like i see my own runners i'm like oh my god look at all the work these people are doing they are they are doing amazing things like Am I living up to this standard? I'm seeing these people do amazing things. I should live up to the same standard. And it's just like it's it should be that the exact same thing. Sorry, hold on a second. My thing got unplugged. I can hear you. And then it's also just like learning from mistakes, right? Like it didn't feel good to like be running miles 22, 23, 24 of a marathon and like feeling like I'm fighting the urge, like desperately fighting the urge to walk. Right. Like, and I didn't, you know, like, except for like this one little short hill, like I didn't walk in that marathon except for like that one little section. Um, but I didn't enjoy that, you know? And like, again, there were a lot of reasons for it. And I like was coming back from COVID for a while and my training, got completely interrupted. So like there were things that were out of my control that contributed to it. So I'm not like, I'm not, I wasn't mad at myself, but it was like, this is not, this is not the experience I want to have. I want to get past this point. Right. So you have like that feeling, And then there's other things like, Hey, I want to try this thing that I've always thought about doing. So I feel like this is what I I've said before on the podcast. And what I tell my athletes, it's like, you know, whatever it takes to get out the door, use that as motivation, right? Like don't. Don't get caught up in the comparison game, all of that stuff, and looking at even even and even more so with yourself, right? Don't get caught up in the comparison game with yourself and things like that. And I believe that ninety eight percent of the time. But whatever you need to do to get out the door, use it. And then once you're out the door, you can just flush it all away and move back to the more mindful, peaceful mind frame. Um, but whatever it takes to get out the door, use that, and then um, you can. Uh, you know, be you're as peaceful as a monk the rest of the the rest of the day. Um but ultimately again my 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 reasons for trying to achieve certain things in running um usually overlap or there's never just one thing and sometimes they they alternate um you know the 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 spot and the order in my own mind but ultimately um None of it would matter if I just didn't enjoy doing it and I didn't find some sort of like competitive edge for going after goals.
0: I love that. So just keeping it fun, keeping the training fun, challenging, remembering your why, being the podcaster, the motivator, yourself, the coach, and being inspired by your athletes, all of that together ah, I want to go for a second workout now. Speaking of the 800-meter workout, I had that today. That's why I was giggling before because I was like, oh, man, I just I just did that workout today. I'm ready to go do it again after hearing this. So thank you for sharing that. It just got me, like, just so inspired myself. So truly, I hope the listeners on here, you feel the same way. And uh, Matt, that was pretty cool. Thank you for sharing that.
1: My pleasure, yeah. I, uh, some, and I got to be honest, and sometimes they're like, You know, you want to have this idea of like, you know, like some version of like motivations for amateurs, but the motivations I have are like these holistic, like could be on a poster somewhere, but sometimes they're not sometimes like, sometimes like the emotions are like, you feel like you're like a little ball of hate out on the run because you're just like airing your grievances about like yourself or other people or perceived slights or Lord knows, right? Like, Oh, some of it is probably even like complete fiction, but ultimately, um, you know, there, there are a whole bevy of things that can contribute to, you know, some of, some of this stuff. And, uh, I think ultimately, I think if, if it's too negative or if it's too, um, comparison based, I feel like it's just, it's not going to be sustainable so hopefully you're coming at this stuff from the right the right frame of mind and for the right reasons um you know if like you use some of that negative that negative fuel it's kind of like using lighter fluid for a fire like it might jump start the fire but like if you're only using that to burn a fire like it's not that fire is not going to last very long it's going to burn out really quick um so again if you need a little dash here and there that's fine but hopefully you have um some good oak timbers to, to really keep that fire going
0: Yes, I love that. Really, really great analogy. So many good takeaways. Um, All right, last question. I have been trying to get you on my podcast for a while. I'm really, really honored that you had me on yours first. But now you're here on mine. So I have to ask, why did you finally say yes yes to be on my podcast, the Run With Alley Live podcast?
1: Oh, super simple reason. This is a great example of the the procrastination nature that I have. (laughs) Like I am. So what happens is, I don't know if anyone's experienced this. Oftentimes people experience this with like thank you notes or stuff like that. But I experienced this with like in every area of my life is that I will get, I'll like have something on my to-do list. I would then be like, Oh no, but I can't do that tomorrow or whatever. And then that cycle kind of repeats itself. And then it gets to the point where like, I have now put it off too long where like, I can't, I feel guilty about going back to the person or whatever. Cause I'm like, by going back to them now, I have to like repeat. i basically talk about why I am now so late getting back to this person so then i feel guilt about doing that and then i start procrastinating on that and then it gets to the point where now i'm so far removed from the original task or response that it'd be absolutely ridiculous to be like oh remember that thing you mentioned nine months ago yeah i'm totally ready to do that so i got to that point where like again you are not the unfortunately you're not the only beneficiary of the match and procrastination cycle but um that's basically what happens and it happens in so many areas of my life that it's absolutely flabbergasting in terms of witnessing it from like up close.
0: Well, no, that's okay. You know, listen, I get it. I get you have a lot going on and I appreciate.
1: But that's the thing. I I could have totally done it. It was just a matter (laughs) of like, why am I procrastinating on this? Like people talk about all the time, like homeowners everywhere like procrastinate on like a task for like nine months and they finally do it. It takes them 10 minutes. It took like no time at all. Like that is literally my life in a nutshell is that that reliving itself all the time.
0: I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm the same way with many things, like many things. Just this littlest task, like even if it's like paying a credit card bill, like it's like sign on and pay it. You know what I mean? Like oh my gosh, (laughs) like oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Just time blocking, time blocking that we got to be better at that, both of us and everyone else on here. But in all seriousness, I'm really happy that you are on the podcast finally. And you know what? You have a great story to share. And you have even better things coming, and I'm so excited to cheer you on on the 11th of March.
1: That's... Thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate. It. Actually, I was gonna do. I was gonna do an ultra down in your neck of the woods. Was the plan, but it actually is too close to my son's birthday. So that if like things got jumbled around, all of a sudden there was going to be a conflict. So I don't know if you're thinking about doing something, but there is a really cool trail race ultra right in your neck of the woods. It goes from the top of the northern end of Long Island to the southern end. When is it? i forget the name of it but it's around the first weekend in april and it's i forget the name of it now but it goes again from the basically from like huntington and they just go south so it goes from like coast to coast and it looks really cool and it's not it's not super tactical at all like i've watched a i watched a 45 minute youtube video of a guy just like it's just clips of him running this trail like i watched the whole thing and it was like I was like, this is super runnable. There are people running this trail, like like the Brooks ghost, like no trail shoes needed. So anyway, you're super fit. You could do it. You're not that far. You could take little L-I-R-R all the way to Huntington.
0: Oh, I totally could. I totally could. And you know what? Ultras are on my bucket list, but for now I'm training to run um, a significantly faster marathon um, at the Rock and Roll Marathon in June. And then I'm oh, going nice. to do a half Ironman just for fun, just to finish it. It's my first one in July, four weeks later.
1: No, so, would be a really good way to prepare for that marathon in June.
0: Let's what, do this. An do ultra this in April. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know what? I could always just do it for the Avenger. I love the Avenger. I love the outdoors. Like, honestly.
1: I, so, I'll tell you what. I, I really wanted to head. do this one. No, nothing against the one I ended up signing up for. I was like, oh, my God. This one's perfect. So, um, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it because my son's birthday is not changing. But, um, anyway, it looked like a really, really cool race. Just throwing it mm. out there to people who are in in Long Island.
0: You know what? Okay, well, let's check that out. And, you know, don't be surprised if I just hop into that race, Matt. You know, I want to see you do one first. How about that?
1: There you go. I think it's the Shore to Shore 50K. I think that's what it is. The Shore, and it's like the number two, Shore to Shore 50K, I think is what it's called.
0: I'm going to look it up. Thank you. Um, But yeah, no, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was a pleasure having you and I can't wait to see what you do. I know there's such great things to come and to the listeners on here, Matt's information is going to be in the show notes. And when you do reach out to him, please be cognizant of his time because he's a person too. And obviously he's a very busy guy. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you never know uh, sometimes now. i'll get back to people within 10 seconds sometimes it takes 10 months I, there's no i got it's no rhyme or reason
0: it's nothing personal just it's nothing personal okay well that right was why
1: I, I tell you what my it leaked into like okay i can't go on ali's pod until i have her on mine just as a way of like mending the fences for like blowing off like the email that she sent me like a year ago <laughs> like i gotta yeah. i gotta have her on my podcast first to be like see i'm sorry i'm sorry that i didn't follow through
0: No, and it's okay. You know, I appreciate it. You know, it's listen, that's life. You're great. And I'm excited we connected. And I'm excited for, you know, to share your story and kind of where you're at in your journey. It's very inspiring, especially as a masters runner. And last but not least, happy 42nd birthday. That's really exciting. And I hope you do take some time off with your kids and your wife and your family tonight to just like celebrate you because you deserve
1: that. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, we did. We did more of like a Sunday thing. Today has been like the craziest busy day and it's not changing. I got to coach. I got to coach seventh grade. I'm sorry, seven year old basketball practice in a couple hours. So I'm going to be, well, it's going to be a fun. crazy day at the Chittum house.
0: There we go. Well, you know, <laughs> nothing like a good, good chaotic birthday. Um, but yeah, you know, it sounds fun to me and it's just, you know, it's it's part of life, right? We roll with the punches and all ups and flows. So Matt, again, thank you so much. Um, this episode is going to be up tomorrow, most likely. So for the listeners on here, um, yeah, expect another great episode. And I'll see you at the same time, same place next week. Thanks so much. Don't forget to become a member on my website to get updates on my weekly new special episodes on the show, sharing fun running feats, training methodologies, and all things running related to help you keep your running fun. Reference the link in the show notes to become a member of the Run With Alley community so you could connect with other like-minded individuals who love running just as much as you do. Again, do not forget to subscribe to the show by clicking the follow plus button, Apple podcasts, or subscribing on whichever platform you're listening to the show on. Please leave a review under the episode in whichever directory you're listening to the show in so I can better provide you with the top-notch content I strive to deliver you week in and week out. Thank you again for listening to Run With Ally Live. If you are looking for the perfect solution to finish your first marathon injury-free, even if you've tried to get in shape in the past and failed, sign up and get access to your free 24-week program now by clicking in the link in the show notes under this episode. Sign up now. All you need to submit is your email, and I'll see you on the inside. Thank you so much for listening to Run With Ally Live. See you next time.